Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing, environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org slash wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. Last week we released our 50th wartime diary. This week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained, So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. I don't view what my place here as being all that extraordinary. I'm just another grandfather looking after his grandchild while his son is off at war. Hey listeners, it's Mishi. So as you know, during these incredibly difficult days, we're trying to bring you voices we're hearing among and around us. These aren't stories, they're just quick conversations, or postcards really, that try to capture slivers of life right now. This war is a humbling experience for us all. People, no matter who they are or what they normally do, are just trying to pitch in wherever they can. So we've seen ex-generals jump into their private cars and go save civilians from the carnage of October 7th. We've seen former ministers and senior politicians volunteer to pick cherry tomatoes on farms near Gaza. And we've seen rock stars jam for a single soldier on an army base. Likewise, Doron Krakow, the president and CEO of the JCC Association of North America, who in normal times runs an organization that employs tens of thousands of professionals, immediately got on a plane and came to Israel in order to do one 
thing. Be a grandpa. Our senior producer, Yochai Meital, spoke to him. My name is Daron Krakow. In my professional life, I'm the president and CEO of JCC Association of North America. And on the personal side, I'm the proud father of three sons, including uh, a 26-year-old who is at Sanchan in Miluim, uh, and the father of my first grandchild who was born on the 23rd of August. Oh, wow. Mazal tov. Toda. And usually uh, you live in uh, in the States? Uh, my wife and I live in Tenafly, New Jersey. And as I mentioned, I became a grandfather for the first time uh, here in Israel in, uh, in August. So my wife and I came here on the 14th of August in anticipation of the arrival of this baby. We stayed through the Brit Milah and then decided to stay through the Chagim so that they would have some extra hands during those uh, complicated first few weeks. And believe it or not, we returned to the U.S. on Friday, the 6th of October. Wow. Yeah, crazy. We, wa- we walked into our house at uh, 6.30 in the evening, uh, had dinner, managed to stay awake for another couple of hours, and uh, then I fell asleep. As uh, usual, after a long trip, I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, local time, and the war had begun. And uh, this is such a small country, and our network here is so large, it was obvious that we would know people who had been affected, that we would know people who uh, had been killed, that we would know people potentially who had been taken once it became clear that people had been dragged back to the dungeons of Gaza. I was in touch with my son, of course, and by 11 o'clock in the morning on that uh, terrible day, he had gotten his tzav shmone, he'd been recalled to uh, active duty, and I immediately booked a return flight uh, to Israel. He and I came to an understanding which was as long as it was necessary for him to give 100% of his focus to the job in front of him, I would make sure to give 100% of mine to looking after his family. And our deal is that that's what I'll do until he comes home. Bottles, diapers. Yeah, <laughs> all the good stuff. And the truth of the matter is these are brachot, these are blessings for me to hold him and to soothe him and to feed him and to change him, uh, that stuff is a joy. And uh, I never anticipated I would have so much day-to-day quality time. Um, and I think that's happening in every household in, uh, or every other apartment in the country. So there's something very unextraordinary about it, very routine. How How is he doing? How's Aaron? Your son's name is Aaron? Aaron, yeah. How's um, Aaron doing? Ilk, he's doing okay. Aaron is a very dedicated Miluimnik, a dedicated reservist. We're just at the end of his having had several days of leave, so I dropped him off back with his unit uh, very close to uh, Otef Aza, very close to the Gaza envelope early this afternoon. And now again, we'll wait with, uh, you know, with knots in our stomach and a lump in our throat for news about what's happening next. Yesterday, Aaron and I and several other guys that he had been in uh, basic training with uh, made the drive to Piki'in uh, for the funeral and burial of Jamal Abbas, who was Aaron's uh, basic training commander and with whom he served in Hebron, who was an influential person in Aaron's life, was a guest at the wedding and um, lost his life in the way uh, so many of the brave commanders have in the course of this and other wars. He was, you know, in the vanguard when uh, when they were hit, uh, and we lived the tragedy with a Druze community of um, mourning and then burying uh, an Israeli hero. Wow. Yeah. And um, 
I mean, I, I want to transition you a little bit here. Talk about your professional role. Very happily. Um, tell me a little bit what your job is. So first of all, the JCC Association of North America is the community of Jewish community centers. There are 172 JCCs across Canada and the United States. Uh, between them, they welcome 1.5 million people through their doors in person each week. A million of those each week are Jews, and Jews of every age, background, and disposition, from infancy to old age, from ultra-Orthodox to completely secular, left, right, and center, politically, and all the letters of the identity alphabet. It is the only Jewish place to which the entire diverse cross-section of Jewish life predictably appears week after week after week throughout the year. That makes the JCCs the largest platform for engagement of the North American Jewish community that there is. And at the same time, half a million of our friends and neighbors from beyond the Jewish community also come to the JCC each week throughout the year to do something that they might just as easily do somewhere else, but that they prefer to do with us because of the quality, because of the environment, because of the way we make them feel when they come. But it is the single most significant place in which the wider community encounters the Jewish community in a Jewish setting. So we serve the dual purpose of being the Jewish community's town square and the embassy of the Jewish community to the wider geography we serve. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm talking to you from, from New York. It's kind of funny. We've reversed uh, positions here. So an Israeli from New York is interviewing an American in, who's in Jerusalem at the moment. Um, and I can say as an Israeli that I was absolutely um, overwhelmed by the reaction of the community here and how how powerful it was in, in coming out in support and solidarity with Israel. I, I, I didn't and I still don't take it for granted. And I admit that it surprised me because um, the common wisdom was that the Jewish community in uh, North America was growing apart from Israel and even trying to actively distance itself from Israel. Um, and then suddenly, you know, the events of October 7th occurred and you just felt this like deep emotional connection. Um, so I wanted to just take this opportunity to maybe ask you, what is it about the Jewish uh, community in North America that uh, Israelis don't understand? Look, the response from the North American Jewish community was not entirely surprising to me because when the chips are down, we have a very strong sense of responsiveness and reaction. And I think in this instance, it's been coupled by the fact that North American Jews are finding themselves under some duress. In other words, the assault was not simply the horrific massacre of innocent Israelis on the 7th of October, but the reaction of the wider world, which was not simply uh, dismissive of Israel's need to pursue Hamas and to uh, eliminate their ability to wage that kind of uh, brutal assault on Israeli civilians in the future. But in so many places, it was coupled with a celebration of the Hamas freedom fighters themselves. And not only were those demonstrations and those voices in so many settings in American and Canadian and Western society supportive of Hamas, but they began to turn their vitriol on Jews in general and not simply on whatever their concerns are geopolitically about Israel. And a pro-Palestinian rally that started on Wall Street marched through lower Manhattan this evening. And this happened. 
Hamas is not a terrorist group. It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years. IDF rapes children, honey. Every single thing they have done is justified. Please educate yourself. So I think there was a recognition that uh, we are all in our own way in the crosshairs of this kind of uh, hatred and anti-Semitism, and that served as a bit of a wake-up call. Uh, and I think it has rallied people who had faded but not disappeared, uh, also creating a significant opportunity for us to renew uh, that kind of engagement with the Jewish community and the strengthening of their sense of Jewish literacy and understanding of uh, of Israel and what's happened here. In some respects, uh, Yochai, I think there's a uh, an odd parallel. I told you earlier that I flew home on the 6th of October where the running themes of life in Israel was that Israeli society was on the edge of the abyss, that democracy was tearing itself apart, that uh, politics and judicial reform and all of these issues had opened uh, these deep fractures in Israeli society, and there's some question as to what the future of Israel would be. But on the 7th of October, the bywords, maybe, of uh, the state of Israel were kochenu bach dutenu. Uh, our strength comes from our unity uh, because faced with a larger external threat, lots of other things were placed into perspective. And so I think for the uh, North American Jewish community, there is an element of that. And look, I think that at all times, our strength as a Jewish community and as a Jewish people comes from the recognition that the things we share in common are far more important than the things over which we disagree. And we discover in particularly difficult times, that the significance of that is amplified a great deal. So while I think these first weeks after the nightmare of October 7th has seen us rally uh, in all parts of the Jewish world, we'll be tested as time goes by with the knowledge that the war is likely to be a protracted one. Uh, and the images of the war as we move further and further away from the 7th of October, are images that uh, will reflect less well when it comes to what the critics are interested in talking about. Secondly, I think it's highly unlikely that the world that we thought we were living in Jewishly on the 6th of October is coming back. And now that the challenge of anti-Semitism has been released in the way that it is, it's highly unlikely that it's going to go away anytime soon. So we are facing a new chapter in the organized Jewish world as we look to the future. It's a chapter that's going to require more of us and will have us feeling far less confident and secure than we felt in a long time. But out of the darkness comes the glimmer of light that we have an opportunity to become better than what we've been. That's the mission now. I want to thank you so much, Doron, uh, for you know everything you do for the Jewish community in general, but more specifically for what you're doing for your son. As a father of three, I can tell you that um, good grandparents are not something to be taken for granted. And uh, I know it's hard work. 
It's uh, it's hard work, but look at this. What a zchut, what a what a uh, kavod, what a privilege for me to have a chance to lend a hand with my family. And I think attributing to my father, my late father, uh, David, after whom my grandson was named, you do whatever you have to do to uh, be part of helping our people through the most difficult hours. And you think about that in personal terms, and you think about that in communal terms, and you think about that in peoplehood terms. Uh, so it to me, it's a great honor to be here. Uh, it's a great honor to have the responsibility to lead the JCC movement at a time where I think it has the potential to be far more than what it's been. But uh, it's a bumpy road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much, Don. Yofi. Call to. Bye bye.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.